Do you have any of these books wherein you pick it up, you read a sentence or some bit of it, then you immediately put it back down and you get back to doing whatever else it is? Now, I don't mean that you're bored with the book. I mean, it's one of those books where you're like, yep, I got it. Next, I got to do this. And you do it. I guess that would be the key of what an inspiring read is. And I will tell you that I'm glad I bought this book, J.P. J. Paul Getty's How to Be Rich. This book cost me, what, 36 kwai? $6 Canadian? Every time I open it and I read a sentence or a paragraph, somehow, some way, I get an idea to continue on doing something else I need to get done. Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Steven Sirsky. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for finding this here audio blogcast. Daily uh, audio blah, blah, blah that I uh, put out between Monday and Friday. Every weekday I try to anyway. Sometimes I do it throughout the weekend. Um, and it's sort of a, a, a clarification of thoughts, I guess you can say. I'm aware that a uh, few new listeners on board. Thanks uh, for taking the chance. Hope it's, I hope it's worth your time. You're going to hear me make all sorts of flibs and flubs and everything. I don't really edit this at all. It's pretty much uncut. It's recorded and posted. You even hear me, me breathing and probably swallowing too. Which, by the way, I hate when I hear on podcasts. I am trying to get better at it. <laughs> I've actually been reading a book on uh, production, on how to uh, presentation style. One of the things that uh, we are required to do is uh, with this evolution of computer uh, meetings, uh, meeting clients online rather than face-to-face, -face, we've been told, don't touch your face, don't move your head, stay still. In other words, don't be distracting. And of course, this can be very off-putting, you know, especially if uh, you're being reviewed and people are saying, well, you're touching your face all the time. You're like, no, I'm not. Then you look at the video and go, oh, yeah, there, 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 there. Oh, and then your eyes are over here and your head's over on this side and everything. It, uh, it can be distracting, but, and of course, sometimes they make allusions to broadcasters. Well, there's a bit of a difference. Broadcasters are on air for, what, 15 20, 30 seconds, maybe. They have lots of time in between. They can scratch their face. They can itch their eyeball. They can drink some water. And let's be fair, if they are professional broadcasters, they probably know the tips and the tricks to sort of make sure that they're not doing those things that are distracting or that can be perceived as being distracting. One of these, uh, one of the tips I've Received. Like, so one of the things I have an issue with in my presentations is swallowing, swallowing loudly, or uh, making those mouth click noises, especially with this style of podcast where I'm not doing any editing to it. I could run it through another program, but I didn't like the sounds of it. 
It didn't sound uh, as convincing as it does when it sounds raw like this. One of the things you can do, you can suck a candy. Uh, you can also have salted peanuts. Apparently that helps as well. Uh, being hydrated is a good idea. But the other thing that you can do is you slow down your speech and you enunciate. This helps. It doesn't eliminate the issue, but it does help in sort of quell that sound just a little bit. And of course, I mean, swallowing and mouth clicking and breathing, those are all very natural. We can't, we can't live without them. Failing all of that, edit them out. <laughs> Which is, uh, I didn't want to do that with the, this here podcast. I wanted this to be rough and ready, something that you guys can hear sort of in the bear. It's, it's raw. It's much more organic than uh, the other podcast I do which I was working on today, and uh, it's uh, slowly coming together. There's a few different elements I have to sort of follow, a little bit of a, develop a, a workflow of sorts that I sort of pick away at piece by piece, and uh, today I got through some of that. So I am aiming for a publication of tomorrow, if not Thursday, and then so that will be episode number 28 of my bigger, larger blah 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 podcast that's going on as well so you got this one monday to friday with all mouth clicks and everything and swallows and then the big cast where i only record that every now and then and that will be coming out later in the week so uh hope you guys uh can find it on my website stevensersky.com that's where i host these things and i was thinking you know i might have to give in I might have to suck it up and be like, you know what? Post a thing to Spotify. Post it online. Now, last week I was going off about how Spotify this, Spotify that. The reason why I wasn't putting it there is because of this and that. Another reason, to be fair, two years ago, Anchor.fm, free hosting as long as those podcasts are, it wasn't available two years ago. You had to pay now things have changed i'd have to double check whether or not anchor.fm allows longer podcasts could i cut them up into one or two parts yeah i could do that i do like having the full file the full audio experience rather than you know offering part one part two gets confusing Especially with this style of podcast, it's very conversational. I used to do a lot of the show notes, like write them out uh, with timestamps and everything. That got a little bit much for me to work on. Uh, so I do major points only, basically a little bit of a summary, a little bit of a, a trailer for it. But by and large, I mean, you go to my website, you download it, there's a name, episode number, and that's it. Do have two more people who are interested. Have yet to uh, get them recorded yet, but that will be coming up hopefully very soon. It's good we have the time, uh, given that it's uh, sort of a low period in our uh, in our allocations. It's good that uh, to have this time to sort of spend the time doing some of these other projects. 
other than that, uh, I was thinking today, I mentioned uh, last week, yesterday, and then also last week about this delta. So this got me thinking. Well, if I just do the delta, what if I don't do the delta and just read the books? Then I got thinking, well, what if I start a podcast that's based on me thinking about doing the delta but not actually doing the delta? For those of you who missed it, the delta is a an ESL certificate uh, that is uh, rigorous. Uh, it's similar to like a master's degree in TESOL or master's degree in even... Uh, I don't think it's as advanced as linguistics because a master's in linguistics, you'd be dealing with a lot of uh, phonology, like how the the human body makes sound and the different sort of much more academic, much more uh, in-depth research on how uh, the body, the brain, language has developed, the history of it. Whereas the Delta is a little bit more, I want to say practical, hands-on, and much more expedited. You can t- it, if you are willing, you could get all three modules done within six months, maybe four months total. That's if you're on point. That's if you uh, don't burn out. <laughs> uh, because it is like, if you go full-time with this certificate, it is, or uh, this diploma, it does get uh, rather intense. So that was the idea. I started reading some of the books uh, that are available and uh, it's, I mean, it's, it sounds like it, it reads like stuff I should be looking at anyway, not just for as a as an educator, but also for my own understanding of how languages are learned. And this gets me onto my my Chinese, which I didn't do today because I want to get some other things done. Uh, and that the materials that are available for the ESL teacher, by far surpass those available to any other language teacher out there. I mean, just about everybody can be an English teacher these days if they picked out three or four core books and just showed up to class and just work out of those. I mean, it's it's not difficult at all. Now, how effective and, you know, I mean, is that good for practice? I mean, how far can you take your students in that sort of situation? Or, I mean... What's the limitation? What's the what's the ceiling that you can hit doing it that way? Which is what a lot of backpacking ESL teachers sort of find out. I mean, there's this, there's a limit to how much you're able to sort of, I don't want to say BS your way through it, uh, because lesson planning, showing up, following a textbook, I mean, there are, it, you do have to be brave enough to stand up in front of a, a bunch of people and say, yeah, okay, let's try this. <laughs> right? So th- there's the presentation skills. That being the case, if you want to take it beyond it, and I'm looking more towards, you know, my Chinese teacher who was giving me lots of notes, lots of feedback. Like getting to that level, I'm going, wow. I mean, you gotta, you have to learn the theories, you have to learn the techniques of uh, teachers who've taught for years. It's you can't just show up and teach like that. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, and so that, I think that's sort of where I'm going with this uh, Delta certificate. The interesting thing about it is that as a uh, as a podcaster here, a blogger, I've been blogging for years, you know, is it, do I want to be known as uh, as an ESL educator? It sort of gets into my own, my own ego that I'm dealing with here and that going, well, but if I do all this, like if I do an ESL podcast, if I do uh, the Delta, it's like then you're just pushing yourself more into the ESL uh, sphere. Is it an issue? I... Guess not, 
I I need something to do during the day, <laughs> right? I mean, what's going to pay the bills? I mean, and who says that it has to be any one thing that pays the bills? So this has all sort of been fomenting in my mind, the Delta, um, reading How to Be Rich by J.P. Getty, and watching uh, the TV show Billions, which if you haven't seen it before, it's actually a pretty good, uh, is it HBO? Who does this one? Uh, Amazon? I can't remember who does the uh, the show. Uh, maybe it's Showtime. Good question. Anyway, Billions, about a hedge fund manager in New York. Uh, and the thing about hedge funds and this money, J.P. Getty and English teaching, where I'm sort of looking at this as sort of all being very uh, integrated, is diversity. So as much as, you know, you are known, I am known to be teaching English, to be, you know, traveling, teaching English, being an educator, ESL educator. I'm also a language student myself. I... I'm going through a lot of the issues that uh, my students are, but with with the lenience that the languages that I'm studying are by choice, and honestly, they probably won't lead to as many opportunities as my students who are learning English. It's almost like English is your buy-in these days. If you want sort of an international or global opportunity to you, be it um, not just to travel, Travel is an added bonus, but English literature, and I mean like books printed in English, the knowledge base available in English is vast, especially with the internet. I mean, to learn the English language, that you're, you're stepping up. You're, you're stepping out of your little enclave and able to explore things that would be otherwise off off limits if you didn't know the language because there's not always translations available especially for stuff that maybe you want to learn or you need to learn and with that diversity looking at it going well education is one way and I've been talking about developing my own app my own website that would sort of act as like a little robot (laughs) language robot language bot chat bot but with feedback, and that would play a part in in the larger operations of an ESL or a language learning application. So it's an idea. Diversify. J.P. Getty. I look at the oil stocks. A lot of those uh, oil companies, like he founded uh, Imperial Oil, one of them. Oh, goodness, I should know this. But they don't just deal with oil. I mean, they they have pipelines, they have services, uh, I mean, they have trucking um, departments and things like this. So they're huge conglomerates, which, I mean, today we shake our fists at. But, I mean, they pay for a lot of stuff. They move a lot of things, right? And to be fair, even if you tried to, uh, the whole ESG movement, the environmental safety governance, uh, a lot of them are made up by, like, energy companies, which are renewables, but the renewables are sort of sometimes partitions or subsidiaries of larger oil stocks or, or oil companies. So it's kind of a, yeah, <laughs> not as pure play as you'd think it would be, but uh, diversity with oil, natural gas, looking at education, looking at technology, 
with all the sort of technology that we have available to us, it's almost if you are an ESL teacher, if you are an educator these days, it it's 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 not a necessity, but it would greatly help your own, I guess your own sort of consciousness of being able to be able to publish a, a a podcast or a blog that would give you that visual record of what you what you've learned as a teacher and what you've used before now this is very much a modern approach to it because i know i actually i know quite a few teachers I want to say older teachers, but they might get offended. <laughs> teachers who've been teaching for a long time and are probably closer to retirement than they are to the start of their careers. They have files and folders and books and computers full of hard drives full of materials that they they probably don't even need it anymore because they just know the stuff. Now imagine 10 years ago, if you as an English teacher started a blog about teaching English or about your education, 10 years, every month you made a blog post. Oh, I mean, you're talking 120 articles at, at how about any number of subjects. You double that, two blog posts a month, and the numbers go up. It's, it's an easy, it's a simplification of it, but that's the idea. Even if you were to read one book in the education field a month, every two months, because I'm a slow reader, take notes. Write up your thoughts on it. These are the ideas of a person who's seen that experience, that's seen that opportunity pass him by, and is thinking maybe it's a good time to start, right? Uh, and who knows, is English teaching even going to be really with us, ESL teaching going to be with us for very much longer, given that the pandemic has uh, made internet teaching so much more vital, and that travel might not be as free as it was before the pandemic. So that has been a that has been a big question of mine, diversify um diversification, uh diversifying my own operations, sort of seeing where can I make more avenues for myself? Where where can I explore more opportunities rather than just focusing rather than just being dependent on the one thing. The the passage I was reading the passage as if it's like a grand book uh, that I was looking at today. Uh, actually, deals with uh, the millionaire mentality, where JP Getty's talking about cutting costs, and I, my own company is going through cost cutting procedures. Right? We uh, we we talk about inflation. Uh, like uh, you hear this word this word bandied about inflation. The the th problem with inflation especially if we live here in China, is that you look at all the sales that we have, we look at all the, the cheap, you want to call them knockoffs or options, op choices of products that we have to buy different things at different price points. It's, where's the inflation if we can co continually be on a sale? So you just have to wait. The sale will come up, you buy what you need, and then you go, you start using it. So with this, the millionaire mentality, he talks about how uh, he was inspecting one of the oil fields in Los Angeles, like in California, and he noticed that one of the managers was like just not doing his job, basically. He was kind of doing it, but it could have been done a lot better. And if J.P. Getty was in charge, he would have been streamlining things 
a lot more. So he makes the uh, manager, after some consideration, he talks to him, blah, blah, blah. He steps away for a minute, for a day or whatever, comes back and says, all right, I'll make a deal. How about instead of you being an employee, you share in the profits of these operations? Basically, he's offering him part ownership. Well, the manager's like, yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. So you, you own the company, so you're directly invested, you're directly interested in how it's operating and how much money it's making and how to make things better. Whereas, you know, as an employee, how much do you actually care about how the company makes any money if your money never changes? He goes on to describe four different types of uh, managers that he's, uh, uh, that he's encountered in his life. Very insightful. I mean, there's the people who never are never going to work for someone else. There are people who work for someone else and do a very good job. Uh, there are people who uh, are able to work with others, but able to uh, also produce sort of on their own, a like commission style people. And then there's, of course, he refers to them as postal clerks because <laughs> people who work in the post office, not, and he goes, he clarifies this. He says it's not a denigration of this, of the job or the post office at all. But the post office can make money or not, and the government's going to come and bail them out anyway because it's you know, an essential service, right? So <laughs> he's talking about the postal clerks, like, yeah, they don't, I don't, most of those people working at the post office are not going to be concerned about the profits or the deficits of the company. And you, I'm sure you can look around with the people you look at, you work with, and go, how many of them care, right? This this kind of struck a chord because in my research of uh, this Delta certificate and talking to a few of my colleagues, I mentioned, I think I'm one of the few people who hasn't done it. I mean, there's so many people who've actually completed uh, part, pieces of it, uh, and some of them actually completed the whole thing, and yet they're still here. So I'm just like, wow, that's impressive. Uh, folks, I've updated my website as well with the uh, last episode, I guess it was. Uh, it's been updated. I actually updated everything on Saturday as well, so it's all up there. Uh, other than that, uh, nothing much new on the website just yet. I have a few other blog posts I do want to get up um, that uh, deal with sort of like opportunities, exploring different ideas uh, as uh, like, as I'm learning about programming, as I'm researching this Delta and possible uh, other work opportunities and things like that. It's it's not going to be extensive, but it's an idea at least, right? So you can take a look at that on my website, stevensersky.com. Uh, I will also, I was looking at the live stream opportunities, and I don't know if I release the podcast tomorrow, live stream could be on Friday or something like that. Do one of them just as a test, and then possibly another one uh, the week, like next week or something. I can't believe it's already halfway through February, which means that March Motion is coming up. And I've started putting down some ideas for that as well, uh, which uh, excites me, but also kind of terrifies me because at the beginning of March, as I mentioned before, March, April, May, that's going to be another three-month chunk, another semester of work, of unpaid, on my own time, hobby-ish type of stuff that's going to occupy a lot of time that is going to not just you might not feel the anxiety but I do 
because I'm putting myself up to the challenge to see what it's like. Folks, thanks for listening. I went on a little bit longer today. Hope you guys got something out of that. And if you haven't read this book, How to Be Rich by J.P. Getty, this is one of those books where I read it, I read a sentence, I read a paragraph, and I'm like, yes, that's the next thing I got to do. And it's not always related to what he's talking about, but it is that constant awareness of if you want to have a better life, if you want to make a better life for yourself, guess who's in charge? You are. You got to go make it happen. And how can you argue with that? (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you found that uh, inspirational, motivational, or humorous, whichever. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.